I believe he'll bring healing. I believe he'll bring restoration. I believe he'll bring salvation to loved ones. I believe he'll bring words of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to us during fasting. And as I teach on it next Sunday, I hope you get the same heart for it that we have. My wife and I have already been talking about uh, what we're going to do. My 10-year-old came to me yesterday, and she said, Dad, what can I fast this year? And I was like, I love you so much. <laughs> like, that at 10, you understand what fasting does and want to be a part of that with us was awesome to me. Um, also, please don't forget, for those of you that want to be a part of the regional getaway, that is happening next month. Well, actually, month after next in February. Um, so please be sure you talk with Michael, get information on that to go to D.C., uh, tour the Bible Museum, be a part of all of that with us as well. Amen? Awesome. I also just want to say this really briefly, and then I'm going to introduce my friends. I know a number of families are out, and so this morning you're watching from online, and so I want to say we love you so much, and we miss you. You know, Larry, and Gerald, and Miss Teresa, and Pastor Don, and, and Worth, and all of those others that aren't here with us this morning because you or someone in your family is not feeling well, you are loved, and we miss you when we come together. For those of you that are regularly watching online, we also love you. And we know for some of you that can't get out, this is the way you connect with us. And so I thank you for staying faithful on Sunday mornings and being a part with us. I also want to say a big thank you this morning. Steve uh, jumped in because Gerald wasn't able and drove the bus for us this morning to make sure that those that wanted to be here could, who can't get here on their own. So can we give them a big thank you for stepping in and doing that massively unexpected? I know when he went into the, to this week, he wasn't anticipating a call from us <laughs> about jumping in and using his CDL to drive the bus. So it's a great, great blessing to us that he was able to do that this morning. So I have the joy, you know, I, I mentioned last week, there's a young couple that I absolutely love, uh, and I say young from me, like JJ's not that much younger than I am, but I get to say younger because I'm a little older than he is, uh, but there's a couple that I love and have known for years, I've done ministry with them in Africa, and um, you, because of your faithful giving, uh, in 2023, we were able to add new missionaries in support because you are tremendously faithful in your giving to missions. And this is one of those couples that we added uh, going into 2024, JJ and Jane Marie Newell. They are missionaries in Zambia, and Jane Marie came out of the church I was a part of before the Lord called me here. And so I've known Jane Marie for um, nine years now. She just gave me like the, the count. Thank you. <laughs> I've known Jane Marie for nine years and have watched the amazing hand of God on their lives. So would you please make them feel welcome as they come up and share this morning? Matt, which mic would be best? Great. Good morning, church family. Good morning. Um, I'm just going to start out just to honor Pastor Farrell and his wife um, because they, like he was saying, he were, they were our pastors um, I know it's nine because I was counting during worship. <laughs> um, next week, um, when you start your fast, nine years ago, I started my fast underneath Pastor Farrell and Sharon um, when I gave my life to the Lord for the first time. So, and really dedicated my, Lord, my, my life in a way that um, obviously I never wavered and eventually led me to the field that I'm here today. 
And so I'm just so thankful for what the Lord has done in my life. I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done in this church. And we are so excited to be here today. Um, I know you all are just now getting to know Pastor Farrell and Sharon. Um, and so I won't tell you lots of stories because I know you're about to embark on your own stories together as you come together in your own families. But I'll just, um, I just wanted to honor them first before I talk about what we do. And thank you all for partnering with us. Um, but Pastor Farrell early on in my faith um, was the one who just really, you know, asked the hard questions to make sure that I was following the Lord and I was staying on a path of holiness. Even when JJ and I came together in dating, I remember I, I came to his office to tell him about this Iraqi man who was looking, who just came over as a refugee, was looking for a, a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was a crazy encounter at Starbucks. I came in to tell him, and he said, the Lord told me you need to make sure you're living holy with your boyfriend. And I was so offended. I was like, I'm an upcoming minister. Who are you to tell me that? You know, but he told me that. And that was a hard thing that I realized not many people in the church would say. And I really appreciated it when the time came to remember that word, that we are going to live holy and we are going to fight for holiness. And that prepared me and us, from we now take our, our position that we're in now for the past couple years, we're raising up the next generation of missionaries, and we're never afraid to say the hard things that are awkward to the disciples that we're raising up. And then Sharon, um, I remember you preaching my first like couple months being saved, and there was a handful of Baptist boys who've never heard a woman preach before um, that came to our, our college group college group and I remember every religious spirit in them just kind of like shaking a little bit and you had no idea and when you found out you probably don't even remember um, but I remember after the our, our service you like when you found out you also didn't care and the sense of like I'm not going to pander to your being uncomfortable but I am going to bring you the word of God and so these two just impacted our lives as ministers as parents as friends in such an amazing way and even if this church didn't partner with us um, we would still be here today because we're excited about the move of God that we've seen happen through them. And we know the move of God that is happening here from what Pastor Farrell shared with me about this church already. And we're expectant for what God's about to do. And so as you're partnering with us, please know we're partnering with you and what you're expecting the Lord to do and how the Lord to move in this area. Because God is on the move. We're about to share how the Lord is on the move through us. But please know as we're sharing this, we are expectant with you because you truly are partners and I can feel in the spirit you are believing for revival, not necessarily just for this church, but for this an area. I can feel it. You are believing for revival for this area. You're believing for breakthrough in this area. And so please know we partner with you in expectancy in the spirit um, as you truly are partners. As we are believing for the kingdom of God to advance in your Jerusalem and then, and then the ends of the earth through us. Amen. So I'll just pass it off to my husband now. Amen. Man, at the very core of my being... So often I just reflect on the fact that my king commissioned us. I, did, I just, I hold on to that. And I'm like, I will fulfill that commission. And I am an, a, a, an absolute pure conviction in my in innermost man. I will finish the great commission in my lifetime. We all have to be in that position of, he commissioned it 2,000 years ago with one plan, put his spirit in his people and they will fulfill it. And I'm not going to grab a hold of it and say, I'm going to do my little part, and I hope it kind of happens. I'm like, no, I'm going to do everything I possibly can see the great fulfilled in our lifetime. Because the whole world will hear, and then the end will come. We are, are with Overland Missions. Um, if you may have not heard of us.
run into us. Um, you see the roads that we take uh, from the, the photo. Overland Missions, we have a heart to reach the most neglected and hard to reach people groups in the world. And we do whatever it takes to make that happen. Um, so we have people all over the world. We're in 19 countries now. Two countries. God's moving. God's moving in an incredible way. Uh, last year, in October, we had a gathering. Developed all kinds of relationships with the indigenous chiefs, where all the people, even all the chiefs, they're the epicenter of witchcraft. They'll probably beat you. They're, they're, they're hostile. And we're like, nope, thank Jesus. We just relationships with them. Next thing you know, they're turning their traditional ceremonies, which used to be full of witchcraft, into crusade meetings. And we, we had this vision for a meeting uh, of the kings of Africa coming together and declaring that Jesus is the king of literally the kings. And we had over 300 indigenous monarchs from the continent of Africa go up to declare of Africa. God is on the move. We're winning. Like, we have to stay in that position. We're winning. I've read the end of the book, we win. And so let's just get the winning done. Right? And so for us, uh, we, we've served around the world. Uh, I, we did a large portion of our, our early years in Southeast Asia, um, in, mostly in Cambodia. Uh, we've lived on the Amazon, off road vehicles through the bush of Africa. Um, we just love what God's doing in the nations. And as we've prayed about, Lord, where do you want us to plant? Where do you want us to go? He called us organization where we are the directors of the Advanced Missionary. Um, it's a three-month intensive training program for anybody who feels called to the nations to be a career missionary. Uh, imagine it's boot camp for missionaries. And we teach them everything they need to know physically uh, and spiritually to be successful in the field, from cross-cultural communications and understanding the gospel to four-by-four -four driving, bush medicine, and welding. Like, they learn it all them into careers right after AMT. So in the last three years, uh, we've trained over 250 uh, people that have said, yes, Lord, I'm in. Um, and as I know right now, almost 180 of them are full-time in the field doing the work. Um, and so we thank you for, for partnering with us um, and know that you're sowing into us, you're sowing into all the nations through the people that we train up, that next generation that is going to conquer all the nations. Uh, I love sitting around with these young guys. I'm like, all right, start dreaming. We, we just get maps out and just start pointing to countries and say, Lord, give us vision uh, to get into these locations. And the, the doors just keep opening and opening. And so uh, we just are so appreciative. And we know that the most valuable resource in the kingdom of God isn't even finances. It's, it's the people of God <laughs> filled with the spirit of God during the work of God, whether that be across the world or right here in Durham. So... You're an awesome theme of the kingdom, and we are excited to get to know you now and to fellowship with you forever. Amen. Amen. Yay. One quick testimony that he was talking about the King of Kings event. Um, it was the largest gathering in history of African monarchs, larger than the EU's ever had, NATO's ever had. We are, like you said, like we said, you probably never heard of us. You know what I mean? That's the Holy Spirit moving. 
when you never heard of the person and then somehow they pull that off, that's nothing special about the person. That is God himself showing up saying, I have a plan for these people. And so um, when he says fast media, you know, we have to do that as missionaries. We have to, we hear the words, the things, the fears that you have in your heart for potentially going to Africa. Trust me, we've heard them from our parents. We've heard them from our church. We've heard them from the TV. We've heard them from the news. And we have to look at it and say, because we're working in South America, the Middle East, Africa, Asia, we have to look at it and say, yeah, but my God's bigger. I'm going to use that for wisdom because I need to travel. <laughs> I need to physically know which country I can get into right now. Um, but, man, the Lord is the one who gets to say the, the powers of hell will not prevail against the church. Um, and so this is, if you have your phones on you, if you want to follow us, you can scan that little QR code, just like, like, like put your phone over it, and then it'll take you to a website. And then you can click the website, and you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, or you can just add us on Facebook. Or you can all text Pastor Farrell. I'm sure he'll love it. <laughs> and then um, and we can give you the link that way. But you can just scan the QR code, and that's a way to sign up for our newsletter um, and our social media pages. And, yeah, but feel free to add us on Facebook and message us there. And we're just, once again, so thankful, and we love you all. This is our family, right? Like, it's such a joy to me um, to have them here with us. And as we grow together, you're going to see a lot of the spiritual sons and daughters that the Lord has given Sharon and I over the years come and share what the Lord is doing through them with you. You know, I, I think of one of the young ladies that we have that's currently in the nation of Angola, and they have no written language, they have no written language. The gospel is only spread verbally, person to person. Like, that's the only way they can spread the gospel. And so they literally go into these regions where people have never heard the gospel before. And they call together these chieftains and connect with them. And then when they have the chief, they have the village. Because the village comes where the chief tells them to go. And so then these villagers will come out and hear the gospel for the first time. Uh, we have others in, in different places, and it's so tremendous to see. And you and your giving into this house and into missions makes all of that possible, right? They are fully funded by people's good faith giving. And this morning, as I talk about vision and as I talk about like what the Lord has like been burning in my heart, I want you to know this is a piece of that. Right, Bethel has the joy of connecting with the body of Christ around the world. And we will have the great joy in time of going to those nations. Because it's on my heart to take Bethel out to the nations. It's on my heart as soon as it's possible to get back into Israel again. Because it is one of my favorite places I've ever gone. But outside of that, to get you into other nations of the world, for those of you that long to go. And for those of you that say, no, no, I'm good here in Durham, or, you know, I'm okay here in Raleigh, right? Then when you hear of others going, your joy in giving helps them go. You can be a sender, right? You can be one whose giving makes an impact on those who are going. And as we do both parts, like JJ was talking about, we will see the fulfillment of the Great Commission, right? Because the Lord's not coming back until every language, tribe, and tongue have heard the gospel, Right? And there are still some yet who haven't heard. 
right? So when I look at the map of the world and I see the unreached people groups, I know we still have a while before Jesus comes back, right? I know we've got a little window before the return of the Lord because the gospel is still being spread. And that's a part of the vision, right? That's a part of vision itself, And as I was praying and seeking the Lord this week, coming into this morning and the message that I have for you, and I want to talk about vision. I want to talk about three different areas that I believe the Lord gives us a vision, right? And for those of you that take notes, I'm just going to give you the three up front. There'll be slides. They'll put them up as well on the screen. And then we're going to go through them. I'm going to give you a scripture to show you each one of these areas of vision. But I believe the Lord gives us individual vision. I believe the Lord gives us corporate vision, and I believe the Lord gives us kingdom vision, right? And as the Lord is speaking to us going into 2024, I pray when you wake up tomorrow, you feel the presence of the Lord. I can't tell you how many times moving into a a new year, my wife and I have awoken in the beginning of that, you know, uh, Roman calendar year and felt like a, a stir in us for what the Lord was doing. And as a community of believers, we are so excited that the Lord is speaking here in Bethel, right? You literally heard two direct messages from the Lord this morning according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? And we honor those here in this house because we believe the Holy Spirit is speaking, right? We're not just solely going off of the wisdom and knowledge of the word. We are going off of, at times, direct revelation from the Holy Spirit given in the moment. And that makes that living word of God even more powerful and effective. But I want to begin this morning in the book of Proverbs together. In Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, And it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. Right? As I've been talking with, at first, the pastoral search committee, and then with the board and the staff here, and talking with Sharon, and driving around town, and praying in this room on Friday nights, and at other times, I'm telling you, the Lord is stirring a vision in me for this house. There's vision the Lord gave our founding pastor. There's vision the Lord gave Don and Carol. There's vision the Lord is giving me. And that vision continues until the day the Lord returns. Right? Vision doesn't die. Right? Vision at times will go dormant, but it never dies. Why? Because the Spirit never dies. Right? The Holy Spirit's always speaking. But there are times when we aren't listening. Right? The Lord never desires to give someone else the vision he has for you more than he desires to give it to you directly. Understand, right, as a good husband, as a loving father, as the deposit in the Holy Spirit guaranteeing the return of the Lord, there isn't anyone God would rather speak to than me directly concerning me. It's only when I'm not listening that the Lord speaks to someone else to give me warning or to awaken me to what the Lord's been trying to say to me. Right? Conviction is the Lord speaking to me. And that conviction may be away from sin. That conviction may be towards the deeper things of God. 
There have been times in my life where the Lord has spoken to my wife or I very clearly about certain things and other people, right? Jamie was talking about a while ago. Other people will come along and say, I don't know if you should do that right now or, or I don't know if this is the time for that. But we had a vision from the Lord. I think of when we were adopting our daughter, Quinn. The Lord had brought Quinn into our lives three, four days when my wife left for India. She literally had to sit with me in a lawyer's office and sign paperwork saying we wouldn't give our daughter back if my wife didn't come home from India. And she wasn't just going to do like, you know, a house building or that. My wife went into some of the darkest and nastiest brothels in Calcutta to bring people out of darkness and into light. My wife would video message me and say to me, from India, if I don't make it back, just know I love you. And I would be like, no, we're good here. God didn't call you there (laughs) for you to go right now. You'll be home soon. And we had friends, we had family tell us, she shouldn't do it, she shouldn't go. But we knew the Lord had called her to go because God had divinely provided every dollar she needed for the trip. Not a single dollar came out of our pocket and not a single dollar did we even ask for on that trip. Someone walked up to us in the hallway of our church and handed us an envelope with cash and said, this is for what God's called Sharon to do this year. Someone else called the ministry she was going with and said, there's a pastor's wife going on a trip with you. I'm going to pay for her plane ticket. Not a single dollar came out of our pocket for months before my wife left on that trip. And then the Lord did a suddenly and brought our daughter into our lives. Listen, the next part of the vision didn't overwhelm the first part of the vision. Right, just because God had brought our daughter to us didn't mean my wife now didn't go on the call of God to fulfill the great commission to the uttermost ends of the earth. No, no, no. My wife stayed the course and what the Lord had called her to do, knowing that God foreknew what he was doing. He knew when he provided all the money for us, if any of it was out of our pocket, we wouldn't go. Because we would say, well, it's just our money. We can we cannot go. You cannot go because we paid for the trip. God had divinely given her everything she needed, so we knew that she needed to go on that trip. We knew we couldn't cast off prophetic vision. We knew we couldn't throw it away. We knew the Lord had called us to do it, and so he was going to answer, and he was going to guide, and he was going to protect, and he knew the end from the beginning. And as I think about like vision and having vision, right? Vision means multiple different things in in Greek and Hebrew, but one of the biggest ones, it, it means divine communication. And when I think about divine communication, I think about the Lord speaking to us and how the Lord speaks to us. And it's so important to know that the Lord is always speaking. He's always speaking. The Lord is speaking about Durham right now. The Lord's speaking about Duke. The Lord's speaking about, you know, Wake Forest and the Tar Heels and NC State. And he's speaking about the government of North Carolina. And he's speaking about our nation. We're going into a major election year next year. And there is no authority except that which God establishes. Scripture. Why? Because the Lord's speaking. Whatever leadership we have in our nation next year, it's because the Lord's speaking. He's either confirming the church and what it's doing, or he's trying to awaken the church to do what it should be doing. Because there is no authority except that which God has established. Right? So as we enter into 2024, let us remember every authority is there because God set them there. Right? And Timothy tells us to pray for those in authority. Why? So that we can live godly lives. So that we can live out the plan and purpose of the Lord in peace. 
right? Because if the church is praying, things are happening. And the church is praying when the church has a vision. And the Lord is calling us to be a people of vision. And I believe it. There are things stirring in my heart. I walked around with our staff this week on Thursday and talked about different things that I'm feeling in this building. And there are other things that I'm feeling for our city that I can't wait to talk with some of our board members about. Because I'm feeling the call of God bringing me out of Florida and into North Carolina. Because I told you a couple of weeks ago, God didn't call my wife and I backwards in bringing us here to Bethel. He's calling us forward. And if the Lord's calling us forward, church family, that means he has a lot in store for this house. Because I've seen God fill stadiums. I've seen people stand in line for hours a day to get into church. And I'm believing for greater things. I'm not looking back, right? Let me just tell you, in my spiritual vehicle, I took off my rear view mirror. I'm only looking ahead, right? The windshield is 20 times larger than the rear view mirror, right? And that's because God wants us as a house looking forward, not backward, right? I think of the days of old only because I want greater things in the days ahead. Why? Because vision is alive inside of me. I woke up multiple times last night with tears in my eyes thinking about today and thinking about this year coming up for this house. Walking around in here Friday night asking the Lord to come and have his way. It's all I want. It's all I want is for the Lord to come and have his way. For the Holy Spirit to move in us. For us to see the power of God. And that comes when we are a people of vision. Amen? So let's talk about individual vision. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 through, or sorry, 11 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Listen, the Lord knows the plans he has for you. As individuals, he knew the plans he had for Israel. He knows the plans he has for America. He knows the plans he has for you. <coughs> Doesn't scripture tell us when he formed us in our mother's womb, he wrote the story of our life? Right? So before you even breathe your first breath, the Lord had a plan for you. And it's good. It's filled with amazing and wonderful things. And he wants to share that with you. He wants to call you up into that plan. And there may be some of you in this room that are older than I am, right? You may be thinking about retirement and the tail end of life. Let me challenge you. Be like Caleb. Go out just as strong or stronger than you came in. Because the Lord's not done. <coughs> the Lord's not done. Thank you. You are a blessing. I'm sure my wife just went looking for one of these. <laughs> but if you're in this place, and you're of that older generation, there are spiritual sons and daughters God's going to bring in here that they need you. They need your wisdom. They need your understanding. Right? So please, as our church grows, don't check out. Check in. Check in more in prayer. Come in here and love on the next generation that's coming in because a lot of them are raised in families that don't have two parents. A lot of them are raised in broken homes and in troubled lives and they need you. 
They need you to speak into their lives. They need you. I had one of our spiritual daughters from Jacksonville text me on Saturday, and she said to to Sharon and I, she goes, heads up, I don't know if I can wait that long before I need a visit with my mom and dad. And I was like, feel free to drive up. I'm not driving down for a long time. (laughs) I was like, I haven't even gotten all my boxes opened yet. But if you want to come here, you know our address, right? But listen, that younger generation, they're longing to have someone care. And you can be those that care. You can be those that invest in them. And so as the Lord is speaking to you about vision, as the Lord is speaking to you about what part you play in your personal walk with him, no matter what your age, there is something you can do when you align your plans with the plans of the Lord. There is an impact you can have when you overlap everything you're doing with what the Lord is calling you to do individual vision. Then second, there's corporate vision. There's corporate vision. I'm just going to reference it. You don't have to put it on the screen this morning for me, Michael. But in the book of Exodus, you can write this down and look at it later. Exodus chapter 36. In Exodus chapter 36, they're building the house of the Lord, right? There's men that God has anointed to do the work in the house of the Lord. And then there are those that God has called to give towards the work of the house of the Lord. And in Exodus chapter 36, between verses 1 and 5, 1 and 6, right, you will see that those that are doing the work in the house of the Lord come to Moses and they go, Moses, people are giving so extravagantly. People are pouring into the house of God so much. We have more than enough. And so Moses goes to the community and says to everyone, thank you so much for all of your giving. Now give time for the workers to do the work with what you've given. You are an unbelievably faithful people. And there are things that God is calling us to corporately, things that you've been investing in by your good faith giving into this place with your tithes, with your offerings. Listen, the work is catching up in spirit to your giving. As you've been pouring out to the nations this year, you've given more than you've given in years to missions, which is why we were able to add new missionaries. Why? Because the work is catching up to your giving. Because your faithfulness is being poured out now into new nations, into new regions. And so as you give, there are things that you're going to see in this house. There are things that you're going to see in this community that will be happening. And it's because you have been giving and pouring into this house. But it's also a part of that corporate vision. You see in the book of Acts, after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit has been poured out, you see that later on in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it talks about the people who were a part of that outpouring. And it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. In verse 43, it says, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all believed, were together, and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Right? You see the multiple facets there of corporate vision. They were coming together in the house of the Lord for teaching. They were meeting together for the breaking of bread. There was prayer. There was communion. There was unity in the church. And what does it say? And it says, and people were added to their number. 
Why? Because they saw something in those Christians that was different than what they saw in other people. And I believe it will be that way in the coming years, that in this community, as other churches and other people who call to themselves believers tip more and more towards the world, those that live according to a biblical standard and a biblical life will stand out. And they will stand out in a way that draws others to them. Listen, there were people in that day that believed the Old Testament. Pharisees and Sadducees were there on the same day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit didn't fall on them. The Holy Spirit fell on the faithful followers of Jesus. They read the same Bible. But only one group had the outpouring of the Spirit. You ever think about that? Only one group had the outpouring of the Spirit, and that was those that were fully following the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. They were the ones that the Holy Spirit poured himself out on. And you have to know, God's work done God's way will always have God's provision. It will. I've watched it happen. God's work done God's way will always have God's provision. Why? Because God is faithful to his plan. He wrote the days before any of them came to be. He knows the end from the beginning. And so he knows what he's doing along the way to get us to the point at which Christ returns and we get to seat with him in glory at that great last supper of the Lamb. He knows what he's doing along the way with us. And so as we walk out that faithful call and as he provides for us, he knows how to provide. And at times it may be extravagant, at times it may be unbelievably unique. I know when the Lord uh, called my wife and I to do a, a trip to Israel four years ago now, five years ago, six years ago, four years ago. See, I need help with people when it comes to time frames. They just don't stay in my head. Jane Marie, help me. Sharon, help me. Matt's figured that out. He's been around me long enough to know in the conversations we've had. I need a lot of help from Sharon. But four years ago, when the Lord called us to go to, to, go to Israel, my wife fundraised. And do you, do you know how she raised most of the money? She raised most of the money by driving around Jacksonville with my truck and picking up things people had set out for the trash and then posting those things on Facebook and selling them. Literally. She raised thousands of dollars just picking up other people's trash and selling it online because one person's trash is another person's treasure. And literally, God gave her the wisdom of doing that and provided, like, it was wild the things we would see people set out on the curb to just get picked up by the trash. And Sharon would say to me, she would text me at work and go, hey, if you can go by this one street, there's two chairs there. I know I can make 150 bucks on those two chairs. And I'd be like, okay, on my way home, I'll see if they're there. I'd drive by, they were there. She would have them sold in two days out of, out of our driveway. I'd be somebody, I'd be standing out there handing her cash money for what someone else was throwing away. And the Lord fully funded her trip to Israel. It was crazy. I, I, I would laugh about it. And she would say, I know you think this is funny, but I'm telling you, it works. And we saw it. We saw the Lord provide. And he did it in a unique way, but he provided. Why? Because he had called us to go to Israel. He had called us on that trip. And so the way he provided wasn't divinely like he had done for her India trip. No, no, this time we had to work a little bit. Right? We had to put our own sweat equity into this provision. But when we did, the Lord met us. Why? Because he had given us the vision. And sometimes in both individual vision and corporate vision, there's a little sweat equity that God expects from us as his sons and daughters. 
right? At times, the apostle Paul was a tent maker. At other times, he said to churches, no, no, you need to raise an offering for me because I'm worthy of that with what I've poured into you. And you saw God use him both ways. One time he was working hard as a part of that provision. Another time it was divinely. That's what the Lord will do with us as we are pursuing him and his vision for 2024. The last way, the third way that I believe the Lord speaks to us is that kingdom vision. That kingdom vision in Mark chapter 16, JJ referenced it earlier, right? That great commission, kingdom vision. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Listen, that's the promise of the Lord. Verses 19, so then... The Lord Jesus, after he had spoken this, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. I've seen God do amazing things because when you enter into the vision, he gives the provision and then he aligns it and confirms it when it's kingdom. I talked in the back earlier when we were praying before service with our team. A couple of years ago, the Lord during the height of COVID, called me to take a team from our church in Jacksonville to Zambia, where JJ and Jane Marie are ministering. And we flew in and drove way out into the bush. I mean, we got our truck so stuck that all of us guys had to get out and like dig for like a couple of hours to, to get this truck out. We like had to cut branches and like stick them under it and, and push it out. And we get into this village and into this region and we stayed in tents and one morning we were sitting around the campfire and we were talking together and Charles, one of the local ministers that we were working with from that region, he said that morning to the team, what do you want to see from God today? And kids would be like, I want to see a whole family get saved. And others would be like, you know, I want to see this, I want to see that. And I said, I want to see God do a miracle that I know is only God. And Charles goes, oh, okay. So that morning we broke up into our teams to go out and minister. We would walk miles a day from village to village. And when we started off, I was on the group that Charles was leading. And one of the kids that was with our group asked Charles, where are we going? And Charles said, well, I want to fulfill your pastor's request. I'm taking you to the house of a blind man so God will open his eyes. And I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> In church family, we entered the hut of a man named Jehoshaphat. He had no pupil or iris in either of his eyes. They were just pure white balls. And our team started praying over him. There was five of us there together. One of the other pastors from our church, myself, and then three young people, two of whom are now in full-time ministry as missionaries. And as they started praying for that man, I felt this burden of God come over me. And I asked our team, I said, can I, can I take over? And they, they were like, yeah, sure. And I went and sat on the ground, knee to knee, with this man named Jehoshaphat. And I took his hands into my hands. And I just started praying in the spirit. I started praying in the spirit and then I started commanding vision into his eyes. And over the course of the next 15 to 20 minutes, I literally watched God build pupils and irises in his eyes. Wow. 
And I know the Lord gave him vision. I know the Lord gave him vision because at one point, Jehoshaphat goes, and he said something in in their native language. And I knew what he had said, but I asked our, our translator and interpreter, I said to Charles, I go, what did he say? And Charles said, he was laughing, and he said, um, he goes, oh, you're a white man. Because <laughs> he had no idea. He had no vision. He couldn't see. But we watched God heal him. And from that, some of those kids that were literally with me in that tent watching that happen are now on the mission field. They're now fulfilling the full call of God in their lives for kingdom vision. They were so pulled by what the Lord was doing. They've given themselves to that as well. And as a house, as a body of believers, I want us to enter into that same level of kingdom vision. I want us to start seeing Durham and Raleigh differently. I want us to start seeing the people on the streets the way God sees them. To where our hearts are moved the way the Lord's heart is moved. To where we're believing God to do great things in us, to us, and through us on behalf of those around us. Because the Lord doesn't just want us to get saved solely so we get into heaven. The Lord wants us to get saved so that we live Christ-like in this earth and stir the hearts of others to want to be like Jesus. Because you see what's going on in Israel right now. You see what's going on in the Middle East. And listen, Scripture tells us at some point, church family, the hearts of the Jewish people are going to get jealous of us. They're going to say, no, no, Jesus was ours first. What's the church like that actually makes the Jewish people so jealous they change their lifestyle of thousands of years? What's that church living like? I believe we're living so like Jesus with the fullness of the power of God, the fullness of the presence of God in our lives, it stirs something in the Jewish people. We would go to holy sites, and the officers that were guarding those sites had no idea what those sites even represented. There were times we would talk with them, and they would have no clue about what that site represented because they were living an orthodox or, or, you know, a, a non-messianic lifestyle. And, they, and no one had ever, thousands of people would stream to these holy sites in Israel and never actually talk to the Jewish people that were working there. It broke my heart. We went into Bethlehem to do a service with the only above-ground spirit-filled church in Bethlehem. There's only one. There's only one spirit-filled church in the whole city of Bethlehem. Our bus driver literally dropped us off, closed the doors of the bus, and kept going. He wouldn't even stay in the city. Because the city Jesus was born in is 99.9% Muslim. 99.9% Muslim. We went into the church, and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful church. Bethlehem Baptist. Beautiful church. And my wife said to the pastor, your church is gorgeous. This is wonderful. And he goes, oh, it's repainting after the last firebombing. And she said, what? And he goes, we get firebombed all the time. People hate us being here. And our kids led worship in that church. We ministered in that church. We laid hands on the sick. We gave out food to people in need. And it was amazing. And it brought me such joy because we didn't just go there to see the sights. We went there to impact the people. 
Because you can be a part of the kingdom of God and you're just along to see the sights. Or you can be a part of the kingdom of God and your heart burns with the vision. Some believers from the time they get saved never share their faith with another living person. That's not someone that has the vision of God. That's someone that's along for the ride. That's not who we are as a people. Our hearts burn with what his heart burns with. We long to share the truth of the fullness of the kingdom with everyone around us. And if in the end they don't believe, that's between them and the Lord, but we're doing our part. We're not their savior, Jesus is, right? But we are the witness. And the Lord has called us to be those witnesses. And so as you're getting that vision of God in your life, as you're hearing from the Lord about what he's calling you to, please know that what the Lord calls us to he will take care of us in, right? When we put him first, he will provide. But in doing that, you've got to know, the more you pray beyond your bounds, the more your vision will expand beyond what you have. You've got to come up in the Lord, right? For, for this area, for this community, for, for what the Lord is doing here, we've got to come up. I hope to see Friday nights packed out in here. It meant so much to my wife and I that our first time here with all of you was at a Friday night prayer. It meant so much to us. We left afterwards and we're like, Lord, how awesome that the first time we got to be with Bethel was in a Friday night prayer setting. And so I hope that as we're coming together on Friday nights, your heart is stirred to join us, especially during our corporate fast. During that 21 days, the three Fridays that are in that time frame come out on those Fridays and be with us here in prayer, uniting to be stronger together, uniting to have the vision and plan of the Lord together. Because I promise if you come out, you will hear the Lord because he's always speaking. He's always speaking. And when we put him first, he provides. Scripture makes it clear in Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six and verse 31. This has been an earmarked verse of my life. Therefore, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. As we put the Lord first with vision, individually, corporately, and in the kingdom, then he knows what we need. As we align ourselves with him, he can provide in ways that we don't even realize. He can make vehicles run longer than you anticipate. He can provide, listen, if the Israelites wore the same clothes for 40 years wandering in the desert, the same shoes, think about that, they grew. They grew, but the Bible says their shoes never wore out. How did a growing body have shoes that never wore out? That's right, the Lord's provision. God knew as they were seeking him and his plan to enter the promised land, he knew how to allow their clothes and shoes never wear out. He knew how to allow things to grow with them. He knew how to provide manna from heaven and a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke and to part waters to make the way. Because they were going after him. And yes, 
Along the way, there were errors, there were mistakes. They stumbled, they fell, but they picked themselves back up and they continued on again. And when the time was right, they entered the promised land. It's the same way for us. As we set our hearts on the Lord, we will enter the land he's promised us. Heaven is ours, right? The Lord has made that promise to us. The day will come when we get to be with him in glory when we seek him and his righteousness. It's not a get out of hell free card, right? It's about the joy. Listen, I don't stay pure in my marriage because I'm afraid of my wife, although I am afraid of my wife. I stay pure in my marriage because every other woman pales in comparison to her. I don't not sin because I'm worried about hell and I want to get into heaven. I don't sin because I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And everything else pales in comparison. Amen? Awesome. If I can get Matt and the worship team to make their way back up. In just a minute, the worship team's going to play another song for us. And I would love for us to come together here at the front seeking the Lord this morning to close out 2023. Whether it's for individual vision, corporate vision, kingdom vision, whatever it may be, I'm inviting you to come down to these altars and unify and stand together to hear the Lord in what he's saying in us, to us, and through us. Amen? So if I can get everyone to stand with me, I'm gonna pray over all of you. And then I would love, as we enter into this next song, for you to make your way down and for us to sing this in worship together. Lord, we come before you today and we believe you are a God of vision. Lord, scripture says to make the vision plain and people will run with it. That's the promise of Habakkuk, Lord. Make the vision plain, people will run. And so I ask, Lord, for your strength today in making the vision plain in the spirit of every person in this room and all those watching online. I ask today, Lord, that you would help us be people of vision. What you're saying, what you're doing in us, to us, and through us. We thank you for it right now. Awaken our sleeping souls, Lord, to enter in to your plan and your purpose, individually, corporately, and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, just come out of your seats and, and let's come together for just a couple of minutes. I know this morning's service is a little bit longer than usual. It's the last of 2023. It's okay, you'll still make it home to see the Panthers game. <laughs> Actually, they're playing my Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the team that I rooted for when I lived down there. So a lot of my friends are uh, sweating it today. Let's just come up closer. <clears throat> that way there's space for everyone together around the front. Matt, would you just lead us? <clears throat> Seated on your throne of grace, it's only by your mercy we are saved. Lord, you said, if we call upon your name, 
gift from you to For everyone in this room, Lord, you know where they are. You know where they are in their walk with you. You know where they are in the life. And if there's any here in this place today, Lord, that don't know you, I ask right now that you would stir their heart to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That you would speak to them right now in that simple way that you do, Lord, on the inside that stir in their soul that says, come apart and be different. Speak right now, Lord, to each and every one. For those that know you, that you would call us higher in vision. That we wouldn't set low goals, but Lord, we would set a high mark. We would pursue you in a greater way. That we would hunger for the things of your spirit, for you to come and have your way. I thank you for each and every one that's here this morning, Lord. Be with us as we go forth from here. Help us to close out 2023 and enter 2024 with a hunger in our hearts for greater things than these. We love you, Lord. In just a minute, I'm gonna have Michael or Andrew put on some canned music. And if you want to linger in this altar, feel free to. If you want prayer, I'm going to ask Matt and Ann and
Danny and Joy and Sharon and I and Michael and Christy, we're going to be here available to pray with you about anything. If it's an area of need that you want to see left behind in 2023, leave it here with us today. Let's agree that 2024 would be different. If it's a breakthrough, if it's a change, if it's, if, if it's a confirmation to the word that was given by the Lord this morning about the infilling of his Holy Spirit, if you've not received the evidence of the Holy Spirit with speaking in tongues, then linger today and let us pray and agree with you to see you enter 2024 a stronger believer walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you all so much for coming out this morning. Be so blessed in everything that you do. Let's go ahead and put that music on and we'll be here as couples to pray over anyone that has need. Love you all.